another edition of the Field Report. I'm Kyle Carvello, as always, joined by Mr. Drew Olson. Mr. Drew Olson, how are you? I'm just swell. You know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day in Washington, D.C. today. Just played some soccer, figured, uh, let's, let's did you Did you soccer. win? Did you win? No, we did, did you not. do okay? No, we lost like so, five or six to one. Okay, okay, so it's, uh, what and position I'm, do you play, Drew? Uh, generally defense, but I actually played mostly midfield today. Um, almost got in a fight with a guy, because it's like adult rec league co-ed. It's like super low-key, and this kid is just like diving and like yelling at the ref and bitching the whole time. And That's cool. He was Who dumb. doesn't love a guy like that, though, to make rec league fun? Yeah, he's kind of the, um, probably the Will Johnson. I mean, I love Will <laughs> Johnson, but you know what I mean? Like... Gets on your nerves if he's not on would, your team. Um, would you describe him a bit more like the El Pescadito, you know, Carlos Ruiz type of guy? Yeah, he's not that good, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so on today's edition of the Field Report, we have a special guest, uh, Robbie Mailing. Robbie, how you doing? Doing just good. Where are you from again? I, I We blanked on that. I am from uh, Muncie, Indiana. There you go. Not too bad. How's it, how's it going out there? It's been good. It's been a little warm lately, but other than that, you know, nice day. Spent most of the day at a Grand Prix, cycling Grand Prix, so. Not too bad. Yes, Not too bad at all. What are you going to do, Kyle? What's um, new in your world? I got my dog groomed today. That was super exciting. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm super, super pumped about it. Super I don't really pumped. care. It made my day. Uh, yeah, I got nothing really going on. I, I just came back from Portland, like, last week, so that oh, was... right. How was that? That, that was cool. Oh, yeah, you were at the uh, RSL game. Uh, no, I was not at the US. Oh, you the, weren't. Uh, <laughs> I, I went to the... Unfortunately, I went to the Timbers game that week, and then we played RSL, and that was... Oh. Something. Definitely something. Um, yeah, that's all I got, though. Okay. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that game. I feel like the less said, the better. Yeah. I, uh, I had really good seats, though, like, you know... In 108, right behind the goal, was fantastic. Yeah, that was that was the highlight. The seats were the highlight. And uh, Jack Barnby, right? If you sure, if that's if that's what you could take away from <laughs> it, sure. Um, so yeah, it's been a while since we've talked. A lot's happened, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. But Robbie, let's start with you. Uh, you know, who are you? How did you become a Timbers fan? Well, I uh, started getting into soccer back around the uh, 2014 World Cup. I had just finished up a couple-year grad program and, you know, all of a sudden had this like, large amount of free time, you know, and the World Cup was going on. And I think one of the first games I watched was uh, USA versus Belgium with, you know, Tim Howard's, uh, yeah. you know, crazy performance. So, you know, like, kind of got, you know, this, you know, this is interesting. And, you know, I live not too far from Indianapolis, and that year the uh, Indy 11 started up. And I, you know, thought it'd be go fun to check out a game. So I went in, I went down there, and I was honestly, you know, like one of the best sports uh, experience I ever had, just, you know, the, the chanting, the smoke. So from there I started going to more of those games, and I started watching uh, MLS games as well. You know, I was going through the, going honestly, going through the various websites, 
and I come to the Timbers page, and it's uh, Ricketts holding a giant bandsaw, <laughs> and every, everybody else, you know, is holding axes, and it's like, this is fantastic. So I just started watching more and more games of the Timbers and just kind of fell in love from there. Very cool. Um, do you still frequent in the 11 games? Like, how often do you still do you still go to the stadium and watch them play? I go about it. I go about every game. Do you? Good for you. Yeah. And you were, uh, I know, I saw on Instagram that you were at the uh, Cincinnati FC uh, US Open Cup game recently, right? Yes, I was. How was that? This is the Chicago one? Yeah. I mean, that was an incredible experience. I don't have, I'm not the biggest fan of their supporters group. But uh, just the, the entire stadium, the atmosphere was. Everybody was into it, from the you know the supporter seats to the cheap seats. It was I mean it was probably one of the loudest uh, environments I've been in. That's awesome, and the game was amazing, right? Ended up yes, going it to was. PKs and and I and I was right I was right behind uh, the the goal opposite the supporters. So unfortunately, not the. Uh, not the not the side they did the PKs on, but uh-huh. still still got to see see some huge saves by Odebrandt and you know, probably one of the most exciting games. Cool. Yeah, I think it's a, it's very clearly a matter of time before Cincinnati gets into the MLS. I think That's so. MLS, yeah, I mean you can't you don't draw twenty thousand people in for an Open Cup game and not become an MLS team. No. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump back to the Timbers, Robbie. I was trying to think back to. When we first met, I want to say it was at um, Philly a few years ago. Does that sound right to you? No, no I've, not, I've not actually been to Philly. I think I it might have been the I think it might have been the crew match in fifteen. Okay, and it, that was the um, well, I guess you know, not the regular season game, not the final, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, the, the regular season. Yeah, cool, cool, uh, cool. So what um. What uh what away days have you been to for the Timbers? Well, I've been to Columbus a couple times, Chicago, Kansas City twice, and I'll be making my first uh, Toronto away day here in a couple weeks. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I didn't cool. realize you were headed to that one. That'll be fun. Uh, cool. Well, do you have a do you have a favorite of those uh, away days that you can uh, pick out? Well, I mean the. Uh, the cup experience was probably up there, but I think this that first uh, that first Columbus away day in the regular season, it was like because I had done the uh, Kansas City one earlier that the season it was a no nil nil draw, but not the most exciting match. Then to go to you know Columbus and first time with the East Coast people and uh, they, you know exciting two one victory, so I have to say that was probably my one of the best experiences at an away day. That's a great one, and that's a, it's a it's such a fun place where they put you in in Columbus, where it's kind of like over the, the I guess the south end it would be. Um, Although they they moved they it this year. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Oh, really? Oh. Nope. They put they put you in the they put you like in the corner on the very top deck. Yeah, like most they don't places. give you any. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which oh. like like in the the last time we were there, you know, we were up there, and you know, obviously not the best result. And this uh, drunk Columbus fan comes up and is taunting, you know, and we're yelling at him, yelling at security to come and, uh, you know, remove him. And so it was an it was an interesting experience for that one. 
<laughs> sounds <laughs> sounds relatively typical. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I guess we should dive into uh, the Portland Timbers because that's what we do. It's been an interesting past couple of months, to say the very least. Um, we've been hit so hard by injuries and international call-ups that for the first time that I can remember, we've had to use the quote-unquote mercy rule to call up a few people from ML, uh, from USL. Is there an actual name for it? I've Hardship it. rule, I think, is what the Hardship official rule. name is. Sure. Uh, yes. Same first word for time a different I remember thing. having yeah. to use it. Um, Past few results have been, uh, I mean, up, up until this point, the past few have been okay with the uh, the draw at Van, or the win in Vancouver, the draw at Houston. Before that, things were looking pretty bleak. I mean, it, it was just, I mean, I was at the point where I was starting to question whether Caleb Porter was going to make it through the year. Um, yeah, I think that's that was probably a stretch, but um, there were definitely, you know, what at that was it at the RSL game? There was someone in the stands with the uh, fire Porter or Porter out or something. Yeah. Um, two stick or something like that. Um, I, I I I don't think that was too likely to me, unless we really dived. You have to look at the off season in how are we actually good at picking up non injury prone players? Because it seems like that's what we can. That's all we were able to find. Like you know, we find someone who's promising in Turkey, but he also comes with all these you know potential risks with injuries. And guess what? Defensively, he gets you injured. Mean? Yeah. 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 It's been pretty unlucky. I would but I mean, say. that's not yeah. really. And we got this New Zealand guy Moore. now, right? Yeah, Bill Toma Toama. Yeah, twenty-two-year-old New Zealand international was playing for uh, Marseille, a second team, featured for New Zealand for the Confederations Cup. Um, he's. Not, I mean, if you listen to Caleb Porter's interview about the kid. Um, he knows nothing about him. Gavin Wilkinson just found him, and we have him on a six-month loan. And the Kiwi they, connection kind of reminds me yeah. of Ian Hogg. Remember Ian yeah. Hogg? Yeah. Yep. Who I don't think ever actually made an appearance for the Timbers, but no, um, I mean, he was New Zealand defender. Yeah, I guess I mean at least this kid, uh, you know, Marseille is nothing to scoff at, and he has made a few first-team appearances. So maybe there's something there, and we need the reinforcements, and he's young, so not injury prone yet yeah we'll see i mean we we just need healthy bodies in the back line at this point um i thought miller was pretty poor on the left side last night uh, against houston so um any depth we can get out there it's is, pretty clear that he uh i mean i think we all kind of knew this going we picked up a sign that as an outside back he's kind of garbage He's at that point in his career where, I mean... He and he was never ability. good as an outside back, even no, back not. in the day. Um, but he's, I thought, been, especially considering how much we've asked of him, he's been pretty solid this season. I don't um, disagree with that. All right, so let's kind of ignore the RSL game, because I feel like no one wants to be that depressed anymore. I sure as hell don't. Um, but Vancouver, that was something fun. Um, Adi got... A uh, pretty stupid red card. Not that the red card was stupid, but he was being stupid. Um, you know, there you go. So we started Jeremy Ebobise uh, up top, and I thought that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. And yeah, I mean, it took a confluence of events, right? Red card for Audi, Maddox on international duty. Um, but sometimes that's what you need. Like, those are the circumstances. Like, you know, he's a young kid. you got to take those chances. Yeah. Uh 
finisher's uh, touch on that goal that he got, and a sweet little back uh, back heel to uh, Blanco for the the second goal. Really, really good game for his his first start. Is a and what he's still a teenager, twenty. I think he's nineteen. Yeah. yeah, he's young. He's a young kid. Um, but for me, I was happy to see that kind of energy from him because it's something we have not seen since your uh, Rudy days. I mean, Adi is, you know, when he gets on the ball, he can be mobile and he can move around and he can pull people out into the corner. But until he gets there, he, he can be like pretty planted to where he is. Oh yeah. But this kid was willing to move wherever he was required to go to pick up the ball. Which was nice to see. I mean, again, that's something we haven't seen since Rudy. Yeah, I actually ended up watching quite a bit of Ibise at the U20 World Cup. That was a few months ago. And honestly, he was pretty poor during most of it. And um, I was like, oh, I don't know if this guy's going to be good enough. Um, but he, he played better in this Timbers game than um, he did any of the games at the World Cup. So um, that's really promising. And uh, in a way, it's kind of cool, and maybe it will help him that he kind of got that start in that situation where, like, the expectations were almost zero. Like, I don't think anybody was predicting we would go to Vancouver and win, you know, given how thin we were in the lineup. Um, and he got his goal, he got an assist, and now he's probably going to be going back to the sub role for the time being. Um, but, but as but long he's as kind he of already got that consistent minutes, that's fine. Yeah, and he's got that first appearance under the belt, so that'll that'll give him that. You know, it won't feel so new to him, I think, coming forward as well. What uh, what did you guys think of the rest of that lineup? I mean, Ebo Bise was obviously really good in that Vancouver game, um, but kind of everybody kind of came out of the woodwork and had some of their better games, certainly better than I think anybody played in the RSL game. I think we uh, we played better almost than we had a right to be playing, if that makes any sense. Um, I, I was almost hesitant to even watch that game. Just because, I mean, we, after, so we just lost 4-1 to one to RSL at home. Then we had two red cards. We, I mean, we had no right to, I mean, I'm not saying Vancouver is some phenomenal team, but on paper, we just we probably shouldn't have won. And yet we came out, and we actually played a pretty damn good game. Um, I can't remember the other T2 guy whose name's escaping me. Um, Harold. Yeah, Harold uh, Hanson. Williams? Hanson. Yeah. Hanson, yeah. I mean, once he came on, I felt like there was a, a noticeable drop in quality, but that's okay because at that point I feel like we kind of ran the Vancouver team. I won't say to exhaustion, but at the point where they weren't, they were almost toothless at that point. Yeah, and I think Vancouver stinks. As a team, which Fair. helps. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think going into the game, I thought they were better than RSL. I think they have been. I mean, up until the, probably the last few weeks, I think they've been better than RSL. Mm-hmm. Anybody stick out for you, Robbie? Well, I think that about covers. I was very happy to see the EPC getting minutes. I don't think he had quite a good of a showing in the latest game when he subbed on. Yeah. But... Yeah, and Blanco continues to kill it. I mean, as yes. he's I mean, include Houston here. It's three goals in four games. Um, obviously, got the one in Vancouver. He's he's 
it kind of, I guess, did the typical MLS DP new arrival thing where it took him a first half of the season to kind of get in his... Get in the flow and figure out the refereeing and that sort of thing. Hold on, let's um, back up a second. Because uh, he did not play on the left last night, did he? I'm trying to think of the lineup last night. I don't think he played. I think he played back on the right. Because he's been playing on the left with Nagby being out for international duty. And I think he's been significantly better on the left. Uh, I think they actually started that way. Yeah, it looks like Blanco started on the left. I mean, they definitely, you know, they're pretty fluid in that. But... Blanco was so good on the left on that game. Like, I think they stuck with that. Do we have to keep asking the question now? I mean, don't go wrong. Nagby's not going anywhere, but if you're going to get the most out of Blanco, do you keep him on the left? I mean, everyone said going into this year, the talk was where Nagby's going to go back to the left because that's where he's most productive and he's most useful. But I mean, come on, we're getting Blanco is now just getting just now getting used to the league and he's starting to produce. Do we move him back to the right? Or what do you do? I mean, do you shift Nagby over? I mean, ultimately, I think we'd all love to go back to that single pivot, but I don't see that happening again. Not yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think I'd like to go back to the, the single pivot. Um, I think Guzman and Chara are a pretty good team back there. And as far as Blanco and Nagby go, I feel like we were really lucky that both those guys can play on either side, and really both can play in the middle if called upon also. Um, well, so I think can we go on matchups. I, yeah, I guess. But to me, I don't think Blanco is nearly as good on the right. Just because of the small... I mean, we saw, what, four games with him on the left? Sample size isn't huge, obviously, but, I mean, Agby hasn't really produced on the left. He didn't reproduce really on the right, so I guess he can flip. But I think you got to keep um, Blanco out on the left at this point. The thing that they both do really well is they both, when they're on the left, they cut inside and yes. uh, go to the middle and find Adi. And, you know, Audi's so good with those one-twos and holding up the ball that they can both run off of him. Um, in a way, I can see the argument for Blanco on the right because he's a much better and more frequent crosser than Nagby. And that makes sense more if you're on the right side, if you're right-footed. Um, that said, you know, Nagby's going to cut it in even if he's on the left side. So if that's kind of what we want to stick with, then that makes sense, too. Blanco's been so good there, I feel like it's hard to, like, take that job away from him, um, given his production in the last month or so. So, yeah, I I, I think I would say what I said before, which is, like, I think we want to, if I, like, without knowing the opponent, I like Blanco on the left and Nagby on the right, uh, but it's all about matchups and, you know, who's playing better, who's tired, all that stuff. Now, let me also ask you this. Um, do you think it matters... Whoever is playing, or do you think, how do I phrase this? Um, if Powell is in the starting lineup, does that impact the decision for that spot? For the what right spot? wing. For the right wing. Oh. Hmm. Because, I, I mean, obviously I think he's lost that starting spot, but I kind of wonder yeah. if that's got a correlation to Blanco's slow start because he's been asked to do a lot more. Yeah, and it was interesting watching Nagby and Viafania together for the national team, both on that left side. They just, you know, they still got it, man. Oh, yeah, they, they do. They're on it? the same page. It's so fun to watch them play together again. Um, and, yeah, I don't think... I mean, Vitas will get forward a little bit. Uh, Valentin, I think we all agree, is going to sit back a little bit more. Powell's kind of a wild card. Uh, 
So, yeah, I think that's something that should be considered. I mean, obviously, they've kind of been forced into the back line. That seems to change pretty regularly now just because of injuries in the national team. So once we have our full team back, maybe there'll be more leeway there. But that's a good question. I I mean, I think that uh, Blanco was asked to do a lot more than was expected of him coming into the season. Uh, He he definitely did his defensive duties that possibly were not – uh, or that should not have been fallen on his shoulders. Um, I think part of that is, has been Elvis Powell just being subpar the last three months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting too that if Maddox is fully fit, who's he gonna? Is he behind of a Bisay now? I think he's trade bait. Mm-hmm. I think Maddox is trade bait. Yeah. Because I, I think you got to keep giving. I, th- I kind of, of want to see the uh, the Adi Rudy one two punch again, but Ebobise coming in at the you know sixty fifth seventieth minute and just run at defenders. Mhm. Yeah, that does that does sound alluring, kind of fun. Should we talk specifically about the Houston game? Yeah, well, let's jump into that. Um, Robbie, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, I think overall, I thought the. Uh a lot of good stuff in there, a lot of frustrating stuff. I think our attack, I think our attack is can be pretty phenomenal at times. Our defense less so. <laughs> right. And I, I feel like uh, overall it was a combination of the refs taking some points for us and us giving some points away. So yeah, it's been the exact same story for the, the whole season. Uh, continuing, you know. Our hands continuing to be forced with our defensive choices. Uh, I would definitely not have put Miller at left back because I just don't think he's got it. And I mean, I don't. I'm I've, I'm of the opinion that he was not terrible as a left back for the Red Bulls. Um, but clearly, I mean, that that was three years ago now. I mean, and he's what 32 now. I mean, the guy's not young, and I mean, he it showed. That really showed last night. In the heat in Houston, that showed. Yeah, these were both these teams were really good on the attack, and both had some real shaky defensive moments. I mean, honestly, in the first 30 minutes, they could have had three goals if not for pretty much what was there was the bizarre one where it like just went through his legs. Yeah. Uh, you know. They were, Gleason got cat out once or twice. They were, um, it was pretty shaky, especially in that first 30 minutes. Even Valentin made a couple of mistakes, and he's been pretty pretty reliable of late. So, I mean, I think his cross to the, uh, the opening goal, I thought that was pretty good. I was, I was a fan. I'm, yeah. I'll become a fan of Valentin to staying in that position. I like Absolutely. Him he's earned his place. You know, he, yeah, he, he got has. that he's job waited. because Powell was so bad, but he, is, he has earned it. You know, he's, he's taken that he's job a, for sure. I think in general he's much less of a liability regardless of what happened last night. That was that seemed to be kind of a uh, a wonky game for both sides defensively at least. Uh, you, I'm not going to give him any knocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of that first goal, uh, nice cross from Valentin, but what the heck was Leonardo? No, I know. We'll come into the story yeah. again later. The heck was he do? He like slide tackled and missed the ball by like two feet. And then yep. Valeria is, you know, right there. The ten, eight yards away to to smash it home. Um, Leonardo, who has had a job in MLS be, for yeah, years and is time. just not a good center better. back. Yeah, you should know better. You, you expect him to know better. Oh, 
gross. Um, yeah. So we've seen uh, Larry's uh, Molly, Molly, crap. Uh, Mavial. Uh, Mavial, uh, thank you. Is that it? I don't even, no, I'm doubting myself. Uh, I, I've heard that. I've heard Mavial. Oh. But, uh, we've seen him for three games now. Uh, what are our thoughts here? Because I like him. I think he's he's a good anchor. Um, definitely not anything over the top, but I like him. He's, he's definitely calming. He's calming presence in what has been a uh, sea of destruction. Yeah, I. He hasn't had a particularly notable, like nothing no. has been standing out, which I think is pretty solid for a center be. back, right? You know, you don't want. There were illusions after his first game to Paka, um, but I think it's pretty clear that is not the style of player he is. With it's just kind of crazy. No, he's definitely um, not that reckless. Yeah, yeah, Robbie, what, what are your impressions? I honestly haven't noticed much about him yet. I need to keep watching him and see. But like you said, you know, I haven't, I haven't noticed him, so maybe that's a good thing and something definitely to keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and if, yeah, what's the timetable on Ridgeville? He's still months away. He's at least four weeks out. I think that's yeah. positive and optimistic at this point. Do you think Ridgeville comes back next year at all? No. It's looking less and less likely, I would say, you know, unless he agrees to a major pay cut. Seems unlikely. I, I, even at this point, I don't. Why? Why? You don't even have a pay cut. Why? I mean, yeah, he's. I, I mean, why is because he's good when he plays. The, the problem is, though, like, I feel like at some point he just got to start turning in other directions. I mean,. I understand that the Renical Clark situation has possibly ex- imploded in on itself, but I mean, if you got someone young maybe coming in, or some, you got to start giving some young guys a chance if you want to start you're avoiding injuries and building for a future. Because I don't know a year that the Timbers have not had to recreate the back line to some extent. Yeah, on a side note, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity here for, like, a two-stick or something uh, with Larry and Larry's on the back line, right? Like, uh, I'm just imagining, like, Pete and Pete or, you know, <laughs> the Olsen twins or the whole house or something like that, right? I love a lot of, That's such a good show. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of opportunity there, so that's that's a free gift to anybody that wants to put that together. There you go. Drew, you always give out some free gifts. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a giving giving person. Uh, just like uh, the referees are given offsides. Uh, so, what do you guys? So, obviously, very controversial. Audi, uh, or who was it? Who was with Audi? It was. Um, it was Chara and Audi, wasn't it? Sure. Uh, through ball makes it to Chara, who hits it sideways to Audi, who was behind the ball at the time of the pass, who puts it in. They call it a goal. Confer with the sideline referee. Who did not wave the flag. Right, who did not wave it. uh, Who calls it off. Um, Here's the thing. I think it was the right call, because Audi was offside on that first pass, the one that Chara ended up getting. He was was impeding uh, Leonardo again from getting back on defense. So, I mean, it's it's an iffy call for sure, but uh, I don't know. I, am I a bad Timbers fan for thinking that was that they eventually got it right? Listen, I'm not going to say you are a bad Timbers fan for thinking that, 
but I'm not going to say that you're a good one for thinking that, okay? So we're just going to leave this be. Um, yeah, Although, no, did I'm, you see that uh, <laughs> Rifer tweeted uh, something with like... With Paulson? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rifer said something like, it, you can see the argument for it. Uh, I, you know, I understand like, it or wrong. something like that. And what did Paulson say? Like, you can believe that, but you're wrong. <laughs> Yes, he does. Uh, yep. He's such an asshole on Twitter. I just like it's so what a, funny. What a prick. I, I'm glad I he love it. is a good owner, but man, just it's kind of like the president. You know, nothing good happens when either of those mofos tweet, right? Like, what's the good that's come of it? Nothing. It's oh, always no, I, no, I, no, I'll stop you right now. Um, Merritt Paulson likes to tweet uh, a tease kits before significantly okay. before they come out, and that's a good thing, Drew. That's what, and, that's what this nation needs right now. More kit leaks. Yeah, whereas we, the, the president is uh, tweeting about, you know, who's going to deport next or kick out of the military or who his next chief of staff is going to be. Oh, God. Uh, good times. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Thanks for that, Drew. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm okay with that being a goal. Uh, I think that if Leonardo really wanted to get back on side, there could have been a bit more fight from him. I think that was a little bit soft, just his impediment, if you ask me. Uh, my big thing is the sideline official was actually in a pretty good view that whole time, and he didn't raise a flag on a foul or anything like that. Fair. I, I, I will say, too, that, you know, I don't know why I'm making this argument against the Timbers, but on the second goal that Clear Blanco scored, Adi also just basically oh, threw yes. Leonardo <laughs> yeah, to the ground. Yeah, he <laughs> like did. That, that was that 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 was probably more clear of a foul than I think the offside. What we had there was a concentrated denser gravity that just completely took him out right there and fell backwards. A momentary black hole. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, time. Leonardo was often a black hole in the defense, but this was a an acute case, I guess. Yeah. Robbie, what is your take on this? This goal, non-goal, offsides, impediment, shenanigans. I think it was. I think personally, I think it was onside. But I think the more interesting thing is that you know, after the uh, All-Star game this week, video VAR is officially being implemented into the game. That's a really good point. So I, you know, I want. I wonder, you know, going forward, what these incidents will, you know. If, that will lead to, you know, to the uh, video ref signaling something, or even, you know, if uh, Blanco's goal with the Audi foul, if that gets called back even. So it will definitely be interesting going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, how stringent are they going to be on the review stuff? It's So maybe I am in an island here when I was thinking of how this whole uh... – video assistant referee was going to work. I was very much under the impression that the guy in the booth was going to be the guy radioing the uh, the referee on the field and tell him what the call was. That does not appear to be the case. It appears to be the guy on the field, whoever is the head referee, he can ignore that decision. Or he like, no, I saw it this way. He didn't actually have to take the video for any kind of merit. And that's where I'm now hung up and think this is a whole terrible idea. What's the point of having video if you're not going to use it? I mean, we saw it a handful of times in the Confederations Cup where, yeah, it could have been a penalty. Yeah, but I didn't see it that way, so I'm not going to call it a penalty. And the game resumed, despite the fact it was a clear penalty or not. Yeah, there's almost a place where it's like, do you 
implement it in stages because there are also a few times in the Confederations Cup where they allowed goals that were clearly offside. Yes. And called those back correctly, uh, which I think most people, I think we agree with that, right? Um, but yeah, it's when it gets into the the like gray areas and like how where do you draw the line? Who does it fall under? You know, there's the whole situation. I forget what Confederations Cup game, but there were like guys like shoving each other and like fingers around the throat, uh, around the neck and stuff, and like yeah. the ref just gave a yellow card. It was like if if you were actually going to review that, this then there would have the been red Me- cards. Mexico Portugal game. Sure. Where yeah. like it almost got like borderline out of hand in the last yeah, like, that 10 sounds minutes. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mexico involved in a game where it's violent. Who could have? Who could have guessed? I'm uh, shocked. It's made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're off topic, but uh, yeah. No, actually, Robbie, that's a really good point. I wonder uh, where that's gonna that's gonna take us. And I I think they're gonna. My hunch is that they'll try to keep it like limited, at least to begin with, right? Like, because if they suddenly the first game there's like ten video assistant replay you know, breaks or whatever, then people are going to be up in arms, so. I wonder if it's going to go towards, like, the NFL, where at some point, like, you know, you can throw a flag at it, and that's how the play gets called. The review? Yeah. Yeah. And you can only get X number per game, let's say something like that, but, like, I don't I feel like there's a lot of things that we're not being told about on how the VAR is going to work. And it's going to be very interesting next couple of months. That's, that's, that's my thought on it. Mm. Definitely agree. Can't wait till the day when it's just robots refereeing. And right. We don't have stupid humans to mess it up. Uh, one last note I wanted to make on, on the Houston game was that it was 100 degrees. We had Nagby, who was playing his third game in a week. Uh, we... Have still been limited by injuries, and we only made two subs. It's like, if there's any game that you're going to make a substitution, or all three of your substitutions, I feel like it's this game. Like, late on, we need to preserve a lead. Like, I know Zemanski was hurt, but like, Valeri was just like not even. He was not running basically at all for the last 25. The effort was gone. Yeah, Yeah. and freaking bring on you know, Hanson or, like, Barnby or whoever, I don't even remember who was on the bench, but, like, it just, this is a game that, screen, shoot, Vetus was on the bench, right? Like, um... Was he injured, though? Is that the reason why he didn't start? Yeah, something like that. I think Szymanski was also on the bench, but didn't, I mean... But seriously, Barnby, um... No, I know. Like, play the kids, man. Like, I, I know T2 sucks ass, but, um... We're never gonna if if Porter refuses to trust his his depth, like this is, people are gonna get injured. I mean, honestly, that causes injuries, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna fire the trainer or whatever. But like, if you never rotate the squad, then you're gonna get more injuries. So, but I don't think I they're mean, gonna fire Porter, right? I, I mean, by the time Nagby was subbed out, like what in the 74th, 75th minute, he was already cramping pretty bad. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. Just... I I was like shocked when I saw the starting lineup. Because the dude went, like, almost the full 90 for the in the Gold Cup final the other night, which was yep. also super hot in California. Um, he's been flying nonstop. He just joined the team. Like, I... He went right from uh, San Francisco to Houston. Like, there was no going to Portland. Like, he got on a plane, 
Join the Timbers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I guess he kind of justified it because he did play fairly solid. Um, but you could also tell that he was just exhausted by the end of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an ongoing thing that I guess everyone on every Timbers Twitter person is going to continue to hound until Porter, you know, starts subbing. But, like, this is, like, a relatively – this is, like, a 2017 thing, right? Like, I never remember yeah. complaining this much about the fact that he never subbed. I – Again, cause I remember, I mean, with Yerudi, he always had the one-two punch. Like, you knew he was coming at some point. Uh, Jewsbury and Will Johnson were pretty constant subs when we had them. As a, I think you, you said the word. I don't think he trusts anybody on his bench. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, I think you might start seeing uh, Ebobise uh, coming in now. Well, and that's a great example, right? Like, Ebobise forced to be played because Porter literally had no other option. And he plays well, and then gets subbed in relatively early, early the next game. You know, like you got to give him a chance. That's the thing. Yeah, I, just, I to me, you have like Barnby's had his chances. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's bad. He's produced, you know, a handful of goals in his Timbers career. I don't think he trusts him. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. And you know, I don't think we trust Manski defensively. I mean, he's played there and he's done all right. But I think it comes down to he doesn't trust him. Regardless of what they've shown in the field, he doesn't trust them. That's, that should be pretty clear by now. And you have the handful of T2 guys, which you kind of understand why you might not trust them, but here we are. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's not like we have, I mean, our, what we're supposed to have, and it, it, this could be a very story if we didn't have so many injuries right away, but in years past, we've always had that kind of veteran guy, like the, the vet, veteran defensive midfielder, central midfielder that we could sub on late. And we don't have that anymore. Who's not already in the you know that guy? That was supposed to be Larry, uh, uh, Larry Olam. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, we've played him quite a bit more than I think we expected to the summer. Right. Well, and he was yeah. Yeah. Right, but like, if you um, recall, he was brought in to be midfield depth. That was why yeah. we originally signed him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we brought in Chance Myers to be a you know stable guy on the back line, and I mean, I got to see him as first start, and man, that was horrifying. I mean, I don't know I've ever seen just a blowout on one side of the field like that. Yeah. And I guess he did. He it was a confirmed that he broke his ankle. No, he didn't break it. It was a severe. He tore his tendon, I want to say, in his yeah. leg, and severely uh, sprained his ankle. So he's out like months, I think. Yeah, again. Poor guy. He's been injured all year. It's tough. Because, it, I mean, there was a time when Chance Myers was really good. Yes, there was. I mean, did, didn't he put two goals against us in 2013? Was that him? Yeah, I remember I that. I mean, Chance Myers, Seth Novak, maybe somebody from Kansas City. Yeah. He was a number one overall draft pick back in the day as well. Myers? Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess I kind of want to ask a question, too, because, again, we haven't recorded in a while, so a lot of pent-up questions I need to put out to people. Um, it's kind of has to do with the whole uh, where T2 sits, um, our lack of really finding a lot of young, quality players in Caleb Porter. When Caleb Porter was hired in 2012, I was under the impression that he was a very good scout for Akron and that he could develop young talent, and that he had an eye for young talent, and 
how to move them through point A, B, Nagby, C, all Maddox, uh, yeah. Zachwani, right. uh, uh, Zemanski, half of them yeah. played in Portland, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's never translated to the Timbers in any way, if you ask me. Um, I think we've walked into guys like uh, um, uh, Farfan. I think we've walked. I mean, I don't think we've. De- I think we happen to just have him, but like, we haven't developed him. I mean, we would develop him, but like, it's not like he he's a product of the Caleb Porter system. I'm trying to say. Well, I would say he's the only product of the Caleb Porter system. Right? He's the only homegrown player that's showed any ability to contribute whatsoever. I mean, you look at. You look at, you know, the team up north. They got Yedlin. Um, they got this guy Nakufo or something. Uh, Jordan Morris. You look at pretty much every if you for the real teams like you take out DC. Although even but DC that, has John Hart's kid, but if you look at a lot of teams now, I think we're behind the eight ball when it comes to youth development. Oh, I, th- I, I mean, think we're arguably the worst team in MLS in youth development. Yeah, yeah. and again, like, I feel like in 2012, this is something we're going to go forward with because this is why we kind of brought Caleb Porter in. I mean, maybe I, I might be an island out here, but did anybody else think that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that was secondary, right? Like, I think that was part of the hope, and it certainly brought a lot of his Akron kids over. Um, but yeah, I... I, and I think people are willing to ignore it because he's had success, right? But um, now that things have been a little tougher, people are looking back, I think, right? But, I mean, you, we keep bringing in, like, either, I guess, we, I mean, uh, Eric Coyle might not necessarily have been injury prone, but we keep bringing in these older guys and I keep, like, looking, like, I thought we were going to get past this a long time ago. And to me, if you want to look at the biggest knock on Caleb Porter, it, this is what it comes down to, it's a, where where's the youth development? I mean, I mean, you can say that maybe we have one of the smallest markets to deal with, but places like Salt Lake have not have a problem. I mean, Salt Lake keeps bringing them in. Mm-hmm. Who did we just bring on as uh, the director of scouting? Uh, oh, uh, Larry Sutherland, guy. right? Is that no, um, uh, isn't it Ned Grabovoy now? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what the hell is that? How is Ned Grabovoy going to know anything about, like, college? Yeah, you know, yeah, that's a great point. A year off his professional career, like... I, I mean, they do, they do have Larry Sutherland, who came from Sunderland and um, Chicago as well, and did well with Chicago, I think, and so we brought him in. Uh, I don't know, he's good in FIFA. Or, sorry, I mean, uh, <laughs> football manager. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean? it's just, I mean, that's something that's, uh, since we've had this just nagging injuries that won't go away, I mean, this is, it's been on my mind, like, you know, I, that's not, we would have gone to the, I mean, uh, do you remember when we brought, uh, Brian Galeo in, we got him, we got his rights from New York, I thought that was going to start the youth movement for us, and it, I mean, it's never come. Yeah, whatever that happened to that guy. We did, you didn't see a minute. I think he might have been with uh, before we had T two. He was with the Timbers reserves. I, he might have played with them, but that we just didn't pick up his contract at the end of that year. Hmm. Yeah, and he was like supposed to be one of the best players. And in he the... Was the next, yeah, the next big defender. Yeah. 
It says his current team is the Portland Timbers, but that is not correct. Uh, oh. Yeah. Last, his last pro team was the Timbers. 2014. So, good, good job, guys. So that's what's been dwelling on my mind and what I'm angry Brian about. Brian Gallego, of course. Yep. Wouldn't, wouldn't get out of Kyle's head. Nope. Any other uh, grievances that you guys want to hear? Air out. <laughs> All right, let's move, let's move ahead then. No. Um, so nice slate of home games ahead. Three of the next four are at home. Uh, we get the just imploding LA Galaxy with their new coach Siggy Schmidt. Yeah, an... and Jonathan Dos Santos. Even though I don't yeah. know if he's gonna play. Yeah, both Dos Santos. Dos Dos Santos, if you will. <laughs> um, and then at Toronto, which I think we'll get to in a sec. Uh, and then home against New York and Colorado. So, I mean, I think we definitely want... We should expect to beat the Galaxy and definitely Colorado at home, but those teams are not good, um, especially right now. Well, here's the thing. The Galaxy have been, and I guess it's uh, not much to say, but they've been uh, a lot better on the road than they have at home. That's true. Which is crazy, because they went, like, two years without losing at home, right? Yes, and then it just completely fell apart yeah. when Arena left. Yeah, and also it was, uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, it was his time. He got fired um, from DC United back in the day. That's, I mean, you have to be really bad to get fired from DC United. <laughs> but, I mean, Ben Olsen, how does that guy have a job? That's a whole other whole story. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say United, uh, United versus United yesterday. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. that hilarious? How did it make you feel, Drew? Uh, I mean, it made me feel like the DC United is freaking garbage. They lose 4-0. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. Uh, I was at the, the I actually saw Houston when they played here a few weeks ago, and it was 3-0 in the first, like, 25 minutes. It was just like, they are freaking terrible. I think what... Actually, those are the only. I think Minnesota and DC are the only two teams without a DP on their roster. Um, yeah. It, it just I, they're just refusing to invest in the team. Maybe they're saving up all this cash that they're gonna splash for the new stadium next year. But it's a it's a freaking, well, isn't that the top, It's an like, embarrassment. Sorry. Everything I've heard is that they're not spending any money until after the new stadium's built. Which is bullcrap because the right. goddamn taxpayers are paying for the frickin' stadium anyway, so the team doesn't have to <laughs> pay for... Ah, it's so stupid. So stupid. Um, <laughs> That's what you're saying. You get me started on that. Uh, okay, let's let's uh, let's jump ahead here. So at Toronto, uh, what day is that, Robbie? Do you know? I believe it is the 12th of August. Okay. Oh, yeah, so coming up here pretty pretty soon. I will be in Ireland. So probably won't be able to watch this Ooh, one. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. Looks like drums are cool, flags are cool, as long as they're 3 by 5 and not longer than 5 feet long. Got to be hollow. Um, and as far as I know, there's no plans yet for pregame or uh, night night before shenanigans or meetups, but um, that usually comes together, you know, the week before or something like that. Uh, to my knowledge, there aren't, like, many... Uh... Oh, Kyle got a smoothie. 
no, this his is wife just alcoholic. walked in the room and delivered yeah. a smoothie with a straw. No, this is definitely alcoholic. It's really oh, good. Oh, what too. is it? A daiquiri? It's some kind of da- it's daiquiri esque. Yeah, it's pretty good though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Right on. Uh, cool. Uh, well, any, anything else you have to add to that, Robbie, about uh, the trip to Toronto? What's what are your plans? Are you like spending the whole weekend out there, or what's going on? Uh, going up Thursday. Driving. Coming back. Yep. So the, it's only about a seven-hour drive for me, so it's not too bad. Got a nice Airbnb right near downtown. There you go. Like is a it, short half-hour walk is the from sta- BMO. The stadium's downtownish. Yes, nice. it's like right right on the water, so it's like a it'll be about a half-hour walk from my Airbnb. So it's not, not too bad. bad at all. No. Not bad. I've never been to the city before, so I'm excited to check it out. But I think I think it's going to be a very tough game. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially with the Gio and Josie against our defense. Well, they just blew out New York for nothing today, and I mean, it doesn't say much because they. Had, I mean, New York's at the liability of payroll right now, but I mean, that's that's a good result. I mean, come on. Four zeros. Yeah. You, you can't do much better than that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely. I mean, any if we get a point out of that, I will be overjoyed. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and we've never just kind of a model, you know? we've never played well in Toronto either, right? Like that is a bad. I, you remember, know, I remember Will Johnson got his leg destroyed. Uh, Ugh. And the last really good result I remember was in 2012 when we had the 2-2 draw. Yeah. And I mean that was kind of a shining light in a pretty crappy season. Yeah. And I remember uh, we played there like I want to say the second game of our MLS history or whatever, and. I just remember we was just like couldn't couldn't figure it out. They they got a red card and we I think we still lost. That was a while ago, but um. But now they're the model of MLS. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and that was when they were terrible. Fantastic youth, fantastic depth. Yeah. Um, this is gonna be a, a very. This is definitely without doubt the hardest of the next four games. Yeah. Um, not just because it's away, but I mean, you're playing the you're playing the team that's probably gonna win the supporter shield, and they have a. Uh, they have a nice little cushion up there right now. And they're currently... Actually, they're only five points back from from Chicago, but they're sitting on 43 points. I mean, the nearest Western Conference team is Kansas City of 36. What about points per game? That's the real measure. None of this. No, I know. That tells you. I mean, they've played 22 games, so they're definitely not too shabby. Um, yep, I don't have that in front of me. Uh yeah they're wow they're averaging 1.95 points per game that is which is, I mean that's just down, that's I just think that that points. would probably be a record right that's crazy if, if they keep well, if they keep on pace for it yeah yeah uh, FC Dallas is the best in the West at 1.7 we're at 1.35 yeah. that puts us in sixth place so hanging also, on to that last playoff at, spot or still got the uh, games played here man we have a we have played quite a lot of games compared to everyone around us. I mean, Vancouver is at 20, Seattle's 22, Dallas is at 20. There were 23. I mean, I understand that, you know, just because you have a couple games in hand does not necessarily equal points, but, I mean... It's an opportunity to get Everyone points. else better lose. Yeah. 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 I mean, it means we're going to be more well-rested, I guess is the, the shine that you put on that third. But, um... Which, I mean, yeah. could you imagine if we uh, if we were still dealing with these injuries, going into having like three extra games to play right now? 
brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Well, any any closing thoughts on, on Toronto or the schedule ahead, yes? I think they're gonna decimate us, to be honest with you. What uh what do you what do you guys think is a good point goal? Right? So maybe I would say seven points out of the next four. Is that too optimistic, you guys think? I think that's um, a logical assessment, but I don't know if that's realistic. Um, I see us beating... I think it's very possible... I think we'll beat Colorado, right? Colorado is a dumpster fire. I think it's possible for Red Bulls, too. Uh, You definitely have seen a drop-off from Bush Question, and they haven't really brought any reinforcements in that are of incredible note. They're finding a couple guys uh, this window who have played in, you know, the Polish League or, you know, no, no one that I think is really going to be a game changer. So I think it's very possible. Although and I think New Gallo- York has the most points on the road of any team this year. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, except for the Galaxy. Right. No, the Galaxy have the most on the road. And then and that's, New York. Yeah, going back up to the Galaxy. I mean, it could be very – I mean, things very well could change under Schmidt. Um I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's always the case, right, New, or that uh, L.A. has the talent. It's just putting those puzzle pieces together in a way that works. Yeah. I mean, uh, I watched the, the post-game, this little post-game interview after the one or the no-no draw last night with um, Seattle and L.A., and he often wants to play more defensive, so, you know, Jossie's artist has not produced at all for either club or country this year. Um you're just I counting that uh, assist he had in the Gold Cup final to win it, where he shanked it off of Jermaine Taylor's head to the foot of Jordan Morris? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm going to count that as well. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think it's very, very possible for us to beat them, uh, or a draw at the very minimum for the Galaxy, and that's, that's very doable. Um, so yeah, seven points sounds realistic, but, I mean, we have a very bad habit of losing games after the 80th minute, so we could very easily shoot ourselves in the foot. Ten points dropped after the 80th minute this year. Yep. It's rough. It's rough. Most of those at home. Like, on the road in Houston, it's 100 degrees. Like, that doesn't bother me. But, man, it's the, it's the ones at home that really, really hurt. Yeah. Eric, hey, what do you think? I mean, looking at the our next four, seven points? Is that unreasonable? Or are we going to screw it up somehow? I want to be optimistic. So <laughs> no. I'm gonna say we're gonna get it. All right, I like this. Since when am I the optimistic one? And people have yeah, I'm saying like this you. is weird, Drew. Yeah. You're the one who's doing. We're like, yeah, we're gonna lose. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, is that are we done here? I have nothing else to say. Um, still angry at Caleb Porter and the you know youth situation. That's gonna be on for a little while. Mhm. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, again, question: In our current state, with everybody we currently have, do we make the playoffs? Yeah. I think, think so. so. I I can I envision a first round or play-in game or whatever you call it, an exit yeah. after one game. Uh, yeah. How do you feel, Robbie? Home? I don't think so. I don't think we'll get the home. I think we'll make. I think we'll be above the road of the line. But then again, it just takes, you know, 
honestly, we had uh, what we uh, Caleb Porter mentioned that the year we won the cup, we lost two games by four or five to zero or something like that. Um, yes. So you know, it just you got to get hot at the right time, and you know we usually do. So you never know. Playoffs are a crapshoot, man. One game, one game playoffs are um, anything can happen. Yeah. Now we're doing book Seattle. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They were in a much worse place than we are now this they time were. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they did kind of get some big signings right, right then, but whatever. But I mean, you look at them. Their big signings have not showed up this year. That's always fun. Mhm. Yeah, I mean they're, I mean they're well ahead of us, I think, in the standings at this point. But uh, that's only games good. played. I mean they're ahead of us in games played. They're okay. Yeah, your point. Your good, good point. We're um, they're averaging like one point four points per game. We're at one point three five. So, per, but like about you, the same. That's probably the one thing that I'm not going to quite say. They're they're better. We're even on points total. Yeah. So, but we have an extra game played. So. And there's always Cascadia Cup, which I guess we're leading now. So. Woohoo. All right, let's uh, let's end this show. All right, that sounds like a good note to go out on. Robbie, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. Have a lot of fun in Much Toronto. Much appreciated. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, you can tweet at us at TA Field Report or shoot us an email. At our email address, that is timbersfieldreport at gmail.com. That's the one. Uh, Robbie, do you have anything you want to plug in here? Any, uh, any handles? Or... Yeah, what's your uh, Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is uh, RobMeh, R-O-B-B-M-E-H. I mostly rant about timbers and Indy 11 and a lot of angry rants about politics recently. So. Yeah, it's been a nice mix lately that I've really appreciated. Of you know, it, it's like you <laughs> tweeting from some soccer game in a random city, followed by like, you know, just retweeting of the ridiculousness that is the politics <laughs> of America nowadays. Yeah, and uh, I am at Drew J Olson, and uh, I guess we're done here. Out. You can hear it on the radio. You see it.